Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Sarah Gulseth. I'm excited to bring you stories today about the work of our Mercy Medical teams that they do overseas, caring for both the physical and spiritual needs of people who need both medicine and to hear about the love of Jesus. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for their support of Faith and Family. To learn more about Concordia University, Wisconsin, you can visit our website, kfuo.org, and look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. Joining me in studio today, I have Ann Gonzalez, manager of, oh, let me get this right, short-term mission training and engagement for the LCMS Office of International Mission. Welcome, Ann. Thank you. I got that right. You did. I almost said national mission. Oops. <laughs> and also Rachel Kapler, a nurse who traveled with the Mercy Medical Team to Uganda in August of this year. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. So we've talked a little bit about uh, Mercy Medical Teams before on Faith and Family. Um, they, they happen fairly frequently, don't they? They do. We have several um, that go out every year. I think this year it was about eight that we had, um, and we've got more on the schedule for next year. Um, there, we tend to have more, you know, kind of in the summer months just because that's when more people are available. Sure. Um, but it's a regular um, a regular opportunity to serve for both medical personnel and hardworking lay people. Sure. So tell me, for people who, who have never heard of a Mercy Medical Team, what's what's the elevator speech? What, what do these sure. teams actually do? They provide primary medical care to underserved parts of the world. At this point, we're all in Africa. Awesome. Awesome. So um, what does that actually mean for somebody who, so if, if a doctor wants to go on this trip or, or a lay person, what, what do those responsibilities look like? Sure. So um, during the days of clinic, each participant is assigned a responsibility. So for a doctor, they're going to be assigned to the <laughs> provider station. Sure, and <laughs> um, nurses frequently are involved in triage or treatment. And lay people might be taught how to take vitals. Um, they might help with just crowd control and getting people going the right direction. Um, lay people sometimes are also assigned to work in the pharmacy. That's actually what I did on my recent trip to Togo, which the first day was super overwhelming. But um, you figure it out and you get taught. And in our case, we had a local pharmacist who then double-checked all of the prescriptions <laughs> that we filled and um, dispensed them to the local people. Sure. So you mentioned um, clinics. How how big are these clinics? So physically, they're very small. Sure. Um, they're typically held in churches or it might be a schoolhouse. The one I was in was a, a three-room open-air schoolhouse. I don't know about what facility you guys were in. We used a school and a church. Um, and so, um, but... In numbers, they're very large. Um, sometimes you can't see everyone who, who wow. comes. Um, for example, when I was in Togo, the first day we saw just about everybody that showed up, around 200 people. Mm -hmm. Overnight, word spread, and um, we estimated that the crowd that was there waiting for us the next morning was 800 people. Wow. So we had to triage based on obvious wounds and um, fevers, mm -hmm. and then saw about 300 of those people that day. Wow. So these these clinics, uh, they they serve a wide variety of medical needs then for these people. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so it, um, most of the time it's not immunizations. Even countries that have lower standards of health care seem to have grasped the importance of that and have a, a system in place for that. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we treated a lot of malaria, mm -hmm. um, wound care, 
we, especially in Africa, we do a lot of ear cleanings. Um, Interesting. Well, yeah. go ahead. The, yeah, I mean, they don't do basic hygiene practices. So we had a lot of thrush, which is actually a um, mouth infection from a fungus on your tongue. Mm. But if you're not brushing your teeth all the time, it makes sense. Yeah. So cleaning out your ears, basic things like that, they, they don't do Interesting. So, Rachel, um, how did you hear about this opportunity and, and what what is your background coming into this experience? So, I'm a pediatric emergency room nurse mm-hmm. here in St. Louis at Children's Hospital. And I've been on a couple different church um, groups growing up throughout my life, mm-hmm. but then I recently became a part of the Lutheran Church. So, I... I'm in school for public health right now, too, so I've done a lot of research just in my education. So anyways, I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I'm ready to serve Jesus in the Lutheran Church. So I did a little research, and I looked on the LCMS website, and I reached out to Anne and said, hi, I sent a little email. <laughs> my name's Rachel. I really want to go on a trip and serve Jesus. Can you tell me how I can do that? And she said, well, do you have a place that you want to go? And you know, we exchanged a couple emails and then um, she said, well, what do you think about Uganda? I said, well, I haven't really thought about it, but if you need me, then I will go. So, sure. And so this wasn't the first time that you've, you've been able to serve like this overseas. No, no. There's been a couple opportunities. I've been to Costa Rica. I grew up kind of doing mission trips. Mm-hmm. And then my family has a non-for-profit humanitarian organization based out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I've gone with them a couple times. So just Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Kenya. Awesome. And what, what kind of preparations did you need to do before you went on this trip? Well, first you pray. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good place to start. (laughs) First you pray. You want to make sure um, that you're really doing this for the right reasons and not just, you know, to travel and go abroad. Mm -hmm. But um, they suggested reading a couple books. So I actually brought them with me. African Friends and Money Matters Mm -hmm. When Helping Hurts. And they give you a Christian perspective on how to actually help people in a way that's beneficial and not harmful. Sure. And uh, what was your role on, obviously you're a nurse, but, uh, but what, what did that actually look like for you? Well, I was in triage, which Mm -hmm. is something I'm very used to doing here in the States. It's always funny to be in triage because, you know, the story sometimes will change from the moment a patient arrives to the ER, talks to the triage nurse, then continues through the process. And by the time they actually get to the physician, you know, it it might be something completely different. Um, But in Africa, you know, where people don't know how old they are because they're born in the village, they have no concept of time. Um, It's really, really challenging to get history, especially when you're working with illiterate people. So these people have never even gone to primary school sometimes. So when you're trying to ask them, you know, so first of all, we set up our stations uh, numbered one through seven, which... um, they had said was most, we had one of the most logistically challenging trips that they had had because people don't know number one. They don't know number two. They don't know number three. Uh, you know, they've never gone to school. So mm-hmm. it was really challenging to keep the process and to keep the flow. So, um, you know, to try and get a history. Okay. How long have you been sick? Oh, you're coughing. What, what color are you coughing? Mm-hmm. You know, we had to go through, we had to point out colors on our clothes to try to actually get an understanding of what is going on. It was really, really challenging. Wow. So that, that, that cultural, uh, shift mm-hmm. being, being in a different country and having, and, and what, what about a language barrier? Was there a language barrier too? Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> in Uganda, there's 56 different tribes and each tribe oh. speaks their own language. So the formal language is Swahili 
and English. And there's one more. I don't know the name. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, but so even there were people that lived in Uganda that actually couldn't speak the same language as wow. the people of the Pokot village. So it was really challenging. You know, we had, a, so the whole point of these mercy teams is to go over there and to provide medical care, but it's to connect people to the local Lutheran church mm-hmm. and to connect people to their local health team. Sure. So um, we also had a member of the health team with us in the triage area. They were translating and we were, you know, educating each other on the culture and medicine and, and, and Jesus essentially. Sure. Sure. So who, who else was serving on your team with you? There was eight people total. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we all had most, mostly medical, but you know, we had project planners, we had lawyers, we had students, you know, um, psychologists, a, a wide variety of, of people. Sure, sure. And uh, who else? Uh, you mentioned a, a, somebody from the Ugandan medical team. Were there? Was it just that one person, or were there more of them there? Um, well, there were the local pastors of the Pokot village, mm-hmm. so they were there. So there was two to three of them. So there's over a hundred Lutheran churches in Uganda, but there's mm-hmm. only eighteen official pastors. So you can imagine what that would look like. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first day we actually went there, we couldn't even make it to church because the road was impassable. So we yeah. got stuck in the mud and the entire village had to come out and it took them four hours to push us out of the mud. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And this is why we always tell our team members the best thing you can bring is your flexibility sure. because you really do not know what's going to happen. No, you know, and and we all got together. We prayed over the bus, you know, it was, and we don't even speak the same language as these people. So there's only one person that could fluently speak with the tribe, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're getting all their men out there and they all sat with us for, for four hours, the whole time we were stuck. And, you know, you know, there's so much that's spoken Mm non-verbally, you know, 80%, right. And, you know, you can just, smile and, you know, hug people and just genuinely, you know, show his love that way. So sure. Sure. What was that like being able to serve uh, next to people who, you know, you're, you're all after that same mission, but you don't necessarily, uh, you're not verbally able to uh, converse with them. What is that? What is that like? It's challenging because of course you want mm-hmm. to use, you know, <laughs> your mouth to speak and you can't do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, just the basic things, really. It goes down to that, you know, showing kindness, showing love, um, you know, um, escorting elderly people from the clinic area over to the next station because we, we had the same problem in Uganda. We weren't able to see everybody that mm-hmm. arrived, which made us all feel kind of a little distressed and kind of sad. Sure. But, um, you know, they have a level of respect there. So most children and the elderly got seen. That's wonderful. So, Anne, you also, you mentioned you also went on a on a trip this summer to Togo. Yes, in September. So, since part of my job is to prepare team members to go on an MMT, we thought it would be wise for me to go on one and, and see firsthand <laughs> yeah. what it's like. Might be, might be good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then what, what capacity were you serving in? Because you, you're not a nurse or I a doctor. I am not <laughs> medical at all. In fact, I'm, a, I'm trained as a director of Christian education. Sure. Before this, I was a parish DCE doing youth ministry. So right. I've been learning a lot over the last year. Sure. So you, you got the other side of, yes. of the experience from, from what Rachel was able to experience yes. um, so for, for the, the non-medical. Of, two of the days I was in intake, um, basically taking people's weights mm-hmm. and 
because that was a part of the intake process. Sure. And speaking Spanish accidentally instead of French. It <laughs> <laughs> um, happens. Yeah, I don't speak either one of them really, so yeah, that was awkward. Um, and then um, the, the three days of the formal medical clinic, I was in the pharmacy. And so that's where I had the opportunity to learn how to do that under the supervision of somebody with with training. Sure. And and what about you with, with uh, the language barrier you, you mentioned? Speaking the wrong language, but, yes. but does, I mean... So Togo, the official language is French, mm-hmm. but for many people in the village, again, they speak their tribal language. Sure. So in the area we were serving, um, the tribal language is MOBA. And so we actually, before the, the clinic, they had not been able to find very many people who spoke MOBA, French, and English. So we actually had... Moba, Moba to French translators talking to some of our career missionaries who were then our French to English translators. And so, like, in pharmacy, if I... Well, so the pharmacist spoke French, so at least this was only lang- one language. But if I had a question for the pharmacist, I had to be like, Gary, 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 can you ask the guy this? Because I couldn't speak to him directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that's Gary Schulte, actually, our area director for West Africa, who just has such a servant's heart and was willing to pitch in wherever his wife asked him to. So he and I were in pharmacy together and he helped me, you know, get the lay of the land since I couldn't ask questions directly. Sure. So what, what was it like for you serving, um, serving with your team, but then also serving with, with the Togolese people? Um, I mean, it was great. There was so much that we, there were very many challenges. This is the very first West Africa MMT. And so as you can imagine, the planning and lead up to that, you think you've got everything nailed down. And then at the last minute, the government minister says, oh, no, actually, we want you to go to the, this, this village instead. Yeah. Um, but one of the, um, a man named Kupap Ben um, had been a, a student of um, one of our missionaries, missionaries Valerie Stonebreaker, mm-hmm. and so grew up learning the Lutheran faith and is a, is a Christian. And so he had just worked tirelessly to make this happen. And there's really no way we could have made it happen without him. And then he brought in additional local staff, medical providers, the pharmacist that I mentioned, uh, a couple of nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, we couldn't really interact a whole lot, mm-hmm. but we were working together and on the same same team, sure. And you mentioned this was the first, uh, the first team to West Africa. That's correct. And that that's a fairly significant thing for these teams. It is. It is. Um, so Stephanie Schulte is a career missionary who was. Um, she and her husband had actually served in West Africa a number of years ago, and then due to civil war, had to return to the U.S. And while they were in the U.S., they both went back to school. To prepare them to go back to Africa. So he went to seminary and was ordained as a pastor. She went to nursing school because she had seen all of the need that there is in in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so um, for about the last year since they redeployed, she's been laying the groundwork for West African MMTs. And so now we have teams headed to the Gambia and Sierra Leone, hopefully back to Togo next September. That's awesome. And and in Togo, we, we actually have, well, not we, the, the Togo, Togo Lutheran Church has a seminary there. Yes. Uh, were you able to interact with that seminary at all while you, while you were there? Yes. In fact, one of the days we went to the seminary and did health histories on all of the students and their families. Um, 
Miss Molly Christensen is going to be deployed there shortly to um, provide medical care to students and their families. She's mm-hmm. a she's a nurse, and so that gave her a big leg up in in knowing what she's going to see and and who's going to need immediate follow up and who can who can kind of wait. Sure. And uh, you were able to uh, worship with them at all, since this is a seminary and preparing. Yes, pe- they pastors. do. They do have. They actually have morning chapel twice and then one in the afternoon. Sure. And so we were there for the, I think the 9 a.m. chapel service. Mm-hmm. And that was that was really fun. That was in French. So it was actually a little bit easier to follow. Mm-hmm. And they used a printed liturgy. So it was a little bit easier to follow than <laughs> like on Sunday when we had been to worship in MOBA. And mm-hmm. we were just kind of like, <laughs> yay, we're here with God's people, but we don't have any idea what they're saying. Sure, sure. And we uh, we actually have a couple of sound bites that you managed to take I did, on yes. your phone. Uh, we're going to play, if I can get this to work properly, we're going to play this first one. And this this will probably sound a little familiar to our listeners. So that is the, the curie. curie. Yes. Yeah. So the tune is the same. Mm-hmm. The words are in French. The accompaniment is rhythm instruments. Which is really cool. It is very cool. <laughs> it was really cool. I was really glad we got to join them for, for worship there. Sure. Sure. And uh, we're going to play. We got one more. Let's see what this one is. <laughs> So that's the glory, the second verse of the Gloria. Um, and actually, you mentioned that this is a Togali seminary, which is true. It's actually a regional seminary for all Francophone countries in Africa. Sure. So there were students there from nearby countries, but also far countries. Um, students from both um, the Republic of Congo and the Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo, mm-hmm. Burundi. Um, Sarah Kanoi from East Africa actually joined us, and she was thrilled to find a couple of guys at the seminary who could also speak Swahili. <laughs> oh, so yeah. she uh, she was thrilled to, to find her people, and she could talk to them in Swahili. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, how much were you able to talk with um, the the people at the clinic about Jesus. Were you able to share much? I was not. I was frantically (laughs) filling prescriptions in the pharmacy. But the local pastors Uh, prayed over the patients before they left. Sure. And so that's really a thousand times more important than some white people who are leaving in a week talking to them about Jesus. Absolutely. Um, So praying that those connections bear fruit. Sure. What about what about you, Rachel? Where how much were you able to actually share about about um, Christ and and the gospel with with the people that you were serving? Not really too much. Again, just to compliment what you said, it it was 
chaotic uh-huh. and crazy and sure. people were everywhere and no one was in line and it wasn't <laughs> it was not necessarily I mean it flowed well but it wasn't uniform because sure. it's hard to you know establish that kind of flow when you different language barriers and cultural perceptions and every you know the men wouldn't even sit next to the women so mm-hmm. they had their own line and Anyways, uh, not not too much, but we did do evangelism before they even came into the clinic and became registered. Sure. So everybody got to hear the gospel about Jesus before they even got medical care. And at one point, you know, they they were backing up a lot over in the evangelism section. And we said, "Okay, what is more important? <laughs> what what do we need to do first? And so, you know, we we all came and agreed, you know, agreed that they all need evangelism and then we will do medical care. Sure. Them. That's that's wonderful. And were was that the the local pastors that were that were doing that? Local pastors uh, also with pa- Pastor David Elsrode from New York. Okay. So they were all kind of together in the evangelism section. That's wonderful. Uh what what are the experiences that that stay with you the most from from doing this Mercy Medical Team? Um, I mean, I would say that just the love, God, God's love and mercy. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't you don't necessarily need to speak the same language as other people. You don't even need to know, honestly, that much about them, their history. But I, I mean, you can just really tell that that Jesus is working together. I had people I didn't even know coming to hold my hand, giving me bracelets, telling me thank you. Um, the whole community they donated a goat for the end of after our clinics. We did a goat roast, and. That's a big deal for them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they don't exchange money necessarily the way that we do. They use goats and cows and sheep and, you know, chicken, any kind of livestock. Mm-hmm. And for them to donate an entire goat just to thank our group for our, our service there, you know, just speaks volumes. Sure, sure. And you mentioned uh, uh, the your vehicle getting stuck in the mud. Uh, <laughs> yes. was, was that the only challenge that came up or or were there other things that kind of happened that you weren't expecting to happen? Um, The whole thing, (laughs) you just need to go into it as expecting nothing (laughs) (laughs) and you won't be disappointed. Sure. Um, You know, again, there's um, personal perceptions that play into that and Mm -hmm. personalities, but the more you know about not expecting things to go maybe accordingly, the the better you are prepared for that. But, you know, um, each clinic started very late. Most of them did not begin on time. We had to pick up a lot of the the Ugandan workers, so the healthcare team, the pastors. That means they've got to be in the right place at the right time. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, African time could be anything. Sure. So <laughs> you say noon, it could really mm-hmm. be four or five and, and no one feels bad about it because mm-hmm. there is no concept of time there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of frustration from the... Um, from the Ugandan team, you know, wanting to be people to be places at a certain time so we can get to the clinic to really start getting going. And, you know, that didn't always happen. But, you know, we, we sang hymns while we were en route and we did Bible studies and we got to know one another and we, we just, you just smile through it and you know that this is part of the experience. Sure. How has that, um, how how has all of these um, trips overseas for you affected um, your work here in the States? Well, 
I mean, we only have a minute and a half. So. Oh, okay, okay, I'll go really quick. <laughs> um, I mean, essentially, you, you realize that in these other countries, people, they, they're suffering just to have basic needs. Mm -hmm. To have water, you know, they walked two to three miles just to get that bucket of water. Sure. Um, to cook, I mean, everything is a huge process. It takes a lot of time. And, you know, here, you know, when sometimes there's a sense of entitlement, sure. you, you can become frustrated with people. But then again, you need to know that they have not had these cultural experiences that mm -hmm. you have had and you know whatever it is to them it's an acute thing so just say okay um just love people kind of where they are mm -hmm. and, and meet their needs there sure. so it gives you a, a sense a different sense of empathy yes. for people yes to understand where they're coming from yes absolutely sure and uh and how can people learn about these Mercy Medical Teams? If you would like to learn more, you can go to lcms.org slash mercy teams. We've got some of our teams for next year posted there. There's a link where you can start the application process. Um, you can also find us on Facebook on the LCMS Mercy Medical Teams page. That's where we post a lot of trip reports and things like that. Awesome. And where are... <clears throat> Excuse me, where are teams going uh, next year? So far, we have confirmed teams to the Gambia, Tanzania, Sierra Leone, and um, Togo. We have teams to Uganda, Madagascar. Uganda and Madagascar pending, and there there might be one or two others that are still in the works. Sure. And where, where have teams gone in the past? Well, all of those places. <laughs> <laughs> um Kenya. Oh, I forgot Kenya. Kenya's confirmed for next year as well. Um, in the past, we've also done um, Mercy Medical Team work in the Dominican Republic and oh. Peru, Kyrgyzstan. Um, just depends on who's available to help organize things on that end. And also sure. sometimes government laws influence where we can serve because... Sure. We're foreigners. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We got our well, permission. It's been uh, it's been lovely having both of you in the studio, Anne and Rachel. Thanks for being my guests today. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.